0: Hello, listeners. Today's episode is number 12 of season 8. That is a lot of episodes. Quick announcement, after today, I will be taking a short sabbatical from dropping new episodes, during which time I will be focusing on collecting more silly stories and other fun content. But stay subscribed so you get the notification of when the show will be coming back. In the meantime, enjoy re-listening to some of your favorites, and I will see you very soon. American entertainment wouldn't be anything like it is today without vaudeville, light theatrical entertainment featuring a medley of unrelated performance acts, including magicians, comedians, singers, dancers, trained animals, and more. The main features of this forefather to modern mass entertainment were a straightforward and accessible product, a culture of celebrity, reasonable affordability, networks of distribution developed to bring entertainment close to the home and the intent to engage the audience via stimulation and not just escapism. The word itself seems to be an American-butchered pronunciation of the French term vaudevire. In the 1700s, many professional French actors began to perform their plays in pantomime as a way to get around the rules of the authoritarian Comité Francais, the National Theater of France. By parodying or stylizing well-known plays as light musical dramas sprinkled with popular songs, they were able to perform without suffering consequence from the national theater. Vaudeville's popularity in the United States lasted from the mid-1890s through the early 1930s. Out west, where big cities and any form of show business was still non-existent, settlers were craving entertainment. What they got were colorful dancers and performers strutting their stuff on saloon stages. But then, Tony Pastor, a ballad and minstrel singer, showed up bringing with him a straight, clean act. He is credited with the first vaudeville performance and making it a respectable form of family entertainment with high standards of performance. At its peak, there were thousands of theaters dotted all over the country, and of all places, Galesburg, Illinois, roughly a 200-mile and 3-hour drive from Chicago nowadays, was an invaluable destination of the vaudeville circuit. Three different theaters, the Orpheum, the Gaiety, and the Auditorium, hosted some of the finest talents of the era, including Jack Benny, Al Jolson, Edgar Bergen, and Harry Houdini. At some point in the mid-1910s and in the back room of one of these three theaters, a poker game was being played by a group of performers in town for the week. Struggling to make a buck, Art, Julius, Adolph, Leonard, and Milton did whatever they could to draw in a crowd. During their stay, they even held an exhibition baseball game with the Knox College team. While the students actually played ball, the comedy troupe ran around the baseball diamond like clowns. Knox, of course, won 14-1, to but the spectacle drew in a large crowd, and that's all they cared about. At the theater, Art dealt hand after hand a five-card stud as they wore the night away. Art called himself a monologist. On stage, He told jokes, sang songs, and imitated various instruments and people. Was he talented? According to some sources, yes. Talented enough to be immortalized along with the likes of Jack Benny, Al Jolson, Edgar Bergen, and Harry Houdini? Definitely no. He was, however, very talented at awarding people nicknames that stuck with them for the rest of their lives. Both Adolf and Leonard were talented musicians. Leonard played the piano, and prior to working on stage, He would take jobs playing at local establishments to help make ends meet. Sometimes he took two gigs at the same time, playing one for a few nights, then replacing himself with Adolf while he worked the second job. He and Adolf looked similar enough that they often fooled others. Unfortunately, Adolf wasn't a gifted pianist. He could only play two songs, revealing Leonard's scam and getting them both fired. Adolf also struggled to remember his lines on stage and adopted a non-speaking personality that resorted to his musical abilities and other physical antics. Julius was a tightwad with a brash and irreverent attitude, but he made up for his shortcomings with an unrivaled sense of razor-sharp humor and lightning wit. Milton was the best dancer of the lot, and, being so light on his toes, had the tendency to skulk around backstage, startling others as he quietly approached them. He was also constantly getting sick, and was in the habit of wearing rubber overshoes, known as goloshes or gumshoes, to ward off the dampness he blamed for his frequent colds. Art dealt the next hand. In usual fashion, he handed out cards to each player with a semi-clever quip. This time, he was clearly thinking about a popular comic strip that had spawned a brief, popular craze of people adding an O to nicknames that described their personalities. The comic strip, running under various titles such as Mager's Monks, or Nako the Monk, featured human-like monkeys with names like Wado or Cold Fido, and Art decided to give the other four men their own O nicknames. First, he said, a card for Harpo. Adolf, while not as skilled a pianist as Leonard, did learn to play the harp exceedingly well. Art threw a card at Leonard. One for Chico, he said, since Leonard loved to chase the ladies. A card for Gummo. He handed one to the gumshoe-wearing and creeping around like a gumshoe detective Milton. And a final card for Groucho, sliding over one to the cigar-smoking, penny-pinching Wisecrack. The poker game ended a little while later, and so did Art Fisher's career. His performance billings, along with everything else about him, seemed to disappear before 1920. His legacy isn't being a celebrated performer. Rather, it's the nicknames he dealt on that fateful evening. Like every other moniker he bestowed on a person, these ones stuck for life. We don't even need to hear anything else to instantly recognize the unbridled characters to whom they're referring. The comedy troupe who helped define comedy. We know them as the Marx Brothers. Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, give it a 5-star rating, and share with not one but two of your friends. If I haven't told your favorite silly story from history, Send me an email at nightowlbroadcasting at gmail.com. Subject, Silly History Story. This show is a Night Owl production.